your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make you feel like your family. They make you feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smooth. You're listening to The Cho Show, only on the Suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Show Show Podcast presented by TheSwallReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. Jade Spoo. I know it has been some time. It might have been a couple of weeks. Now, I did have, I think, a couple of streams over on the YouTube channel. Again, the link is in the, in the, in the description if you wish to check that out. We are now at 55 subscribers over there. I've been meaning to give you all an update on here. I just I just didn't get to it before, so I'll quickly do that now. So basically, the reason why you haven't seen any content lately over here is twofold. Number one is because they're in fall camp, which is therefore the basis of this episode. Uh, so guys have been very busy. Uh, fall camp, you know, that that's a very busy time for players and coaches, so... Uh, content is kind of light on that. Um, and, and like I said, thankfully, Dante was able, uh, they, they got a day off and he was gracious enough to spend part of that with us, uh, which I really do appreciate. The second thing is I started a new job. So uh, if you recall, I went to Thunder. I'm no longer with the Thunder. I got a nine to five. So it took me a while to get adjusted to that, get the schedule down, um, get times down to everything so I know how to map out evenings for content. So that's why it took a minute. Sleep schedule was was not the best. So I've got that hammered down now, which is why we have this this content up. So um that we're good on that. Okay, we should be back on track. Uh like I said we you know once fall ends um, we had we had a great stream over there, a great live stream. Shout out to uh, uh, Mr. Grantham over there, just holding it, holding it down, giving great, great, great ideas. Uh, Land Grantham's dad. Some of that we're gonna try to implement. Uh, you can check out the stream again. The link is below. Uh, which I which we kind of I kind of go over the game plan. Don't worry though, we still gonna have the, the weekly episode here dropping on Sundays, and then we'll have some bonus content over there on the YouTube channel. So uh, we'll hopefully give you the full experience. So with that out the way now, I'm going to go ahead and bring on my returning guests, talk about some UCL fall camp football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma H-back Dante McGee. He and his teammates are currently in the middle of fall camp. Dante, thank you for taking time this evening to come on talk to us once, once, once again. Uh, I guess, could you start by by telling the viewers and listeners how uh, fall camp is going for you all? Yeah, so we are in the middle of fall camp, and um, we actually had an off day today, which, um, you know, thankful to the coaches, but you know, it's been a really good fall camp. Um, I feel like even though we have a lot of new people, uh, freshmen came in, we had some transfers come in, I feel like everything has flowed, like, very well. Considering all the new people we do have, um, I feel like it's been very competitive as far as, you know, offense versus defense. I feel like there are the new young guys who are just not getting to us, you know, they're stepping up and making plays and making things happen. I feel like the people who have been here, you know, in the spring who got to go through spring ball, I feel like they're starting to understand, you know, their, their roles, the offense, the defense a whole lot better. Um, we're getting to special teams. And so, um, yeah, I feel like it's just going really good for Everyone as a whole, I feel like um, everybody's made progress with um, with the new staff. I feel like everybody's made progress with uh, 
you know, what they've been taught and what they're learning. And it's just going really good right now. And, and, and with, with all the, the new faces there, like, like you mentioned, how is the, uh, how is the, the, the team chemistry part of it going so far for you all? Um, I feel as though it's going pretty well. Um, you know, obviously the people who have been here, you know, they still have their main people that they hang out with and that, you know, they're cool with. But I say for me, this is probably the most, um, the most like time I spent away from like the people that, I'm, that I usually hang out with because, you know, they're all gone. So, you know, I'm spending time with, you know, two freshmen. Um, I'm spending time with, you know, some people on defense. I've been hanging out with some receivers. Um, my locker, uh, I have one of the quarterbacks. He's right next to me. So, you know, I'm talking with him. I hung out with him a few times. So I just feel like as a whole, the team chemistry, the camaraderie that we have, it's, uh, it's, it's really great. Uh, and, and, and for you, I know when we last talked, uh, it was during spring. And I, I know you mentioned uh, you, you were still kind of getting a grasp on the, the new offense and, and kind of how they were asking you to do things. Are, are you now more comfortable uh, in those aspects? Yes, for sure. Um, again, I think it's just because it was new. Um, just having to remember, like, the right technique to use. Um, going through the spring and then the summer and then what we've done so far in the fall camp, I feel like I have progressed a lot and I don't have as many um, mental buzz as I used to. Um, I still I still have a few, because you know, just like everybody else, but there, there, it's a lot less now. And so I feel like I'm, I'm starting to grasp off into a whole lot better now. Uh, and, and then you also you mentioned uh, too at that at the time about uh, you you kind of still learning growing as a a leader in that uh, in that in that room really at all the rooms in terms of eight and tight end because I think you are you are the lone guy to have serious experience at the at the college level so have you seen progress from yourself uh, in that regard too? Um, it's kind of. It's kind of a weird way to describe it because I understand that I am a leader for my team and I have the leadership qualities, but it's not something that just sits on my mind with, you know, how I go about things. You know, I just try to do the right thing and, you know, try to encourage people to do the right thing along with me. So it's kind of weird to like look at myself as like, oh, am I doing like everything that a leader should do? It's like I just I just simply try to do the right thing and what the coaches expect from me. But with that being said, I will say I am a lot more vocal than I have been before. I'm not usually someone who likes to talk. I like to let other people do the talking and me just kind of, you know, kind of lead by example. But with the new staff, they're kind of like, no, if you are going to be one of the main people that we have, if you are going to be a leader on the scene, you're going to have to use your voice. You're going to have to be vocal. And I think that just leads into what the coaches are wanting as a player-led team. And to be a player-led team, you got to have the people who are who are willing to speak up on things that they see, the people who aren't afraid to address people and issues that may arise. And I feel like that's something that, you know, I'm starting to get that uh, I'm a lot more comfortable with. And I feel like that's uh, that the same goes with a lot, a lot of guys on the team. Um, you know, like, like the quarterback position, I feel like they've, you know, stepped up as far as like being more vocal and what they want. Um, old guys, I know uh, at the receiver position and on the defense, especially the, the secondary and the D line, they're probably the, those two, those two positions, the secondary and the D line. I feel like, they're probably the most vocal out of anybody on the team. And, you know, I think it's, I think it will help the team in the long run. And it's, uh, it's kind of funny to sit back because, you know, you're going against these guys, but then at the same time, you have to sit back and, you know, really respect and admire what they are doing on their side of the ball, which is honestly going to help the team as a whole. But, but yeah, I feel as though, you know, as a team and myself, I feel like that's something that uh, is getting better. I feel like there's still like some ways to go with it, but I feel as far as like being player led and my leadership on the team, I feel like it's in a pretty good spot, but I don't want to stay content right there. I always want to strive to be better for the team. I always want to strive to be better uh, for the individuals, especially in the tight end group, because I think, yeah, we talked about this the other day. So it's five tight ends, two of them, they're true freshmen and the other two, this is only the secondary college. So it's like, you know, I'm the way, way older guy. So as far as from a leadership standpoint, I think that I, I need to continue to be the leader that they need me to be and also set the example for uh, the years to come. Uh, and, and, and when you, when you say setting the standard, cause I, I t- talking to a bunch of the guys, Johnny by the fourth, Peyton Scott, Lane Grantham, uh, Marlo Hughes too. They, they all, you, they, you, you all seem to be determined to, uh, I guess like 
I, I not not let the the past slip. Like Peyton mentioned, making sure guys know who O'Shea Harris is, guys mm-hmm. know who Tyler Stillwell is. Uh, and so, like, why why as kind of a group of you all, why is that so important to you to kind of make sure that the, that people remember the standard and live up to that standard? I think it's just because, you know, those guys, they were so um, important figures for the team, like the years that they were here. And again, those were the leaders that we had. And um, again, they were phenomenal players, but they were also phenomenal leaders and phenomenal people. And so I think it's just one of those things that, like you kind of want to honor the past and uh, uh, the work that people have done before you so you can enjoy uh, what you have now. And then also once it's your time, unless you're getting older, that you're kind of keeping the example and keeping that alive. So, you know, for me, when I first got to UCO, we didn't have the SBC. We didn't have, like, all the nice stuff that we have now. And so those were the guys that, you know, the whole time they were here, they didn't get to enjoy the uh, the nice things. They didn't get to enjoy the the new things that we have now. And so, and we had, you know, some good seasons, and those were great players. And so for me, it's just, you know, kind of honoring those guys that, hey, what we have now, people put in the work for you to be able to enjoy that. So one, don't, um, don't, I guess, dishonor them and the work that they put in with a lot less, but then also don't take for granted what you do have because not too long ago, it didn't, it didn't look like this, but at the same time, it's also like those, those type of guys and how they carried themselves, it's universal. So it doesn't matter what position they were, how old they were, where they came from. It's how they conduct themselves on the field and in the classroom it shows that, hey, it, it translates. If you are great in the classroom and you're a great person off the field, it translates to those have been the better players that we've had. And so, um, and then looking at the guys now, because like they're like older and moved on now, like you said, O'Shea Harris, you know, one of the things I love seeing from the guys who are older than me is, you know, seeing them getting married, Tyler Stillwood, he's married, uh, Ben Rawson's married, Keats is married. Um, you know, seeing the older guys that, uh, you know, when I was young and like just how they conduct themselves, like seeing them become husbands. Um, O'Shea's a father, you know, uh, we have guys on the team and their fathers too. And you know, that's one thing that I really appreciate, you know, honestly above, you know, the type of players that they were on the field was them and their success after they leave football. No matter when you left or how you left is how you conduct yourself and how you're going about life, like in the real world. And so just seeing them becoming, you know, great fathers and being great husbands, you know, trying to do the right thing for uh for their future you know that's something that i really um that's something that i really like hold near to my heart because that's again that's the standard that i want to have for myself whenever i'm done playing at uco is you know then when guys look back they're like oh yeah dante he was a great player and like he was a good person and that when they look at me you know eventually whenever i do have a wife whenever i do have start having kids that they can look at me and be like it's kind of like a full circle like he was a great player, was was great off the field, and then now he's a great father and a great husband too. Uh now you, you mentioned Keith, which, which is, I guess is a good segue to my to my next question. Obviously, now the, the lone returning quarterback that that took snaps last year is Steph. Uh you've got other guys in there. You've got uh Peyton Thompson, the OSU transfer, you've got JD Geneva, Caleb Allen, two younger guys, and then Cooper Wilcox. Uh what have you seen just working with those guys? Uh, so far in, in in fall camp, and and do you do you think that that unit is probably better than maybe what the majority of fans are probably thinking of heading in, into the season? Uh, for sure, I think them as a whole, and honestly, I I'm gonna be I am biased, but I feel like as a team as a whole, we're a lot better than what people would expect we expect us to be and what they think we are. So that goes the same for you know, especially for the quarterback position. Um, you know, the guys that we have have had been taking snaps for us, you know, they have, you know, they have competed and played at a high level at times. And, you know, and there are times where, like, it's, it gets kind of tough because, like, you can only have one quarterback out there. But, all, you know, they're all doing great things. They're all, um, you know, embracing the offense. They're all uh, trying to be the conductor of the offense, you know, trying to, like, make the whole thing go. Um yeah, the, I can't say enough good things about from what I've seen from the quarterbacks this past fall. Um, it's going to be tough because I, I personally feel as though 
I, we have talented quarterbacks and I feel as though they have the right leadership and the right mindset to lead us to the, um, to have a successful season this year, but we can only have one, but, but yeah, for sure. I feel as though they're, they're very underrated and, you know, that's all well and good for others. But for me personally, you know, I feel like, uh, I feel like our quarterbacks are very slept on and, you know, you just have to wait and see. And so I'm just telling you, don't be surprised when I tell you that they start doing good things because I'm, I'm telling you, I've seen this happen. Like it started, it's with Steph, it started from last season with the new guys, you know, from when they've gotten here and the guys who may not have gotten stamps. Like it's, it's just been a work in progress to see, you know, how they've progressed and how they've grown being a quarterback here with, and then you get the new offense and then you get the new coaching staff, just seeing like the progress that they've made. So I'm just telling you, when, it, when things start going good from the quarterback position, don't be surprised. Um. Okay. Now, now you 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 mentioned earlier about all the new faces. Now, a lot of those new faces reside in the linebacker room. That's almost like a whole new unit. There's a few holdovers: Jason Harris, Marlowe, uh, I think Connor Johnson, and uh, Jaden Mullen. Now, you go up against them a lot in practice, just giving your age back. So, what 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 have you seen out of that group? And and would you would you say that that they're also in store for a a good season? Yeah, let me speak on the young guys. So Chase Faber, Joey, and Jack. Um, those three, you know, I, I come through Musketeers because anytime I see them, they're always with each other. And then uh, when they go in together, you can just see that they have like a, a chemistry about each other already. And they didn't play, none of them played high school together. And so them, uh, you know, I can say like they'll definitely, they can possibly make some plays this year, but for sure for in the future, those three are gonna, they're they're gonna be you know the guys that we're gonna rely on in the future. So those are the the young guys I see making plays, and then as far as the old guys I've seen making plays, it's like again, like I said, I feel like the whole team is you know underrated and slept on, and you know that's all well and good for other people, but uh, from what I've seen in fall camp, it's them flying around, them you know. Uh, I don't know if they actually know the the keys and tips that we have going in for that day. But, you know, I've seen them like a few times. Hey, like, watch this, watch this. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh, man, they calling up how they know this. Like, they calling out the play right now. So, you know, it's just kind of picking up on, you know, they're picking up on what we got going on. So that's just another next level type of mindset that you have. Like, they're starting to pick up on keys and tendencies that we may have as an offense. And then, again, just them flying around and being linebackers. And then you just hitting almost any and everything moving. Um, even though I play offense, you know, I still have that defense in me. You know, I, I absolutely love that about the linebackers that we have, and I feel as though they they're they're gonna make some uh, they're gonna make a lot of plays for us this year. And like you said, like there there was, there's a mix of older guys and younger guys, but I feel like as a whole for that uh, linebacker group, I feel like they have a great mix of of new and uh, old and experienced. And I feel as though it's just whoever's going to be in that position to make a play, they're more than capable of making those plays. And they have the, uh, the mental uh, ability to see things coming before it does. And that'll just make them make even more plays. So I think very highly of the linebackers that we have, that we have right now. And uh, you know, I can't wait for them to do what they got to do. Uh, and I, I, I somehow this has slipped me from asking you this the past two times now, because you, again, you're up on a line of scrimmage. The defensive line across from you is by far one of the best, if not the best, in the conference. Now, I've asked Lane, I've asked Noah, I've asked Jace, and I've asked Peyton this question. What is it like going up against those guys in practice? Just intense because, I mean, as far as like, because I mean, I don't get to block the interior as much, but uh, unless they like loop around, like I somehow end up on them, but that's very rarely. So I can only really speak for the really into the defensive ends. But again, it's like iron sharpens iron. And again, those, those guys, they're freaky athletic and it's kind of annoying to me because I know I'm a tall kind of longer person, but when you go to put your hands on somebody and they're longer than you, it's, it's not fun, but I don't like that. But at the same time, it's like, it only makes, it only makes shit. It only makes you better. And I'm mainly thinking of Rob Fuentes because 
I've never in my life, when someone goes to put their hands on me, they can extend. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't really get anything just yet. And now I'm like, what's next? Like, I, like I got to come with something else because, you know, that's something that, you know, doesn't happen too often for me. But, again, it's just one of those things that it can only make you better. And so going against, you know, top caliber uh, defensive ends like what we have, it's, for me personally, it can only make me better, which can only make the offense better. But then at the same time, I know from an alliance perspective, if you're going against that down after down after down, then oh, you got the pass rush period that we got. It's it, it's going it's going to be tough. You better bug your chest drop, but at the same time, it's like it can only make you better. And so I I love competing against those guys. Um, you know they they do like to talk a lot more than what I probably probably do. But at the same time, it's like that's just them and the character and the energy that they bring. And it's been in a very productive and positive way for the team as well because you can you can just feed off that energy like you just it just exudes off them and so even though like we're competing against them you know it definitely makes you like try to raise your play because you don't want to get embarrassed like you don't be the one that's like letting up the uh letting up the tag for loss or giving up a sack so it's like it makes you raise your play and then at the same time it's like you're just competing against like top caliber guys day in and day out so it's just you just have to be on point every day you come into practice I mean, I, I wouldn't feel too bad about going up against Rob. I mean, it, it just not many people can stop Rob. So now I just, you know, I don't, just, just don't, just don't feel, don't feel I understand, but, but I, I got a lot of pride. Like, I don't care if it is Rob or what. I still want to win my rep. I still want to do good. And the times when I don't, and I'm just, I just got to get, well, I get critical myself, even whenever it's, you know, someone like him. Like, I don't want him to win. But at the same time, it's like, uh, it's something that um, well, my old coach used to say is like, you know, they're on scholarship. So it's like, I mean, and he's, especially him, he's a freak athlete. So it's like, he's going to make some plays every now and then. I just don't want him to make them against me, especially. But when it does happen, just now I'm, I'm pissed off about it. But <laughs> he's, he's a, he's, he, again, he's one of those guys. He just brings a, like, just exudes so much energy and passion for the sport. And that you can just tell, like, it's contagious. Like it just passes off on people like that's around him. Uh, now, I, I believe you all, you had a scrimmage was, was it earlier, earlier this week. I feel like, uh, how did that, how did that go for you all? Um, it, it went really well. Um, you know, there was definitely the back and forth of it, which, um, you know, you can look at it from perspective of you want to be consistently even making, like you want to be consistently good, making the plays that you need to make, but then you can also take, look back and be like, oh, the fact that there is a back and forth just shows that, hey, both sides are doing good things. And so that's the main thing that I take from is, you know, both sides did good things. Um, you know, offense, I don't think we had any turnovers, but at the same time, we did have a couple false start penalties. Um, you know, defense, uh, seeing them flying around, seeing uh, some people make some big tackles, seeing Keyshawn Murray come up from their corner position. And I don't know who was running the ball, but I seen him lay the wood on somebody, you know, especially Keyshawn, he's kind of one of the smaller guys we had, but I told him on the side, like, I was like, man, you 160, but you hit him with probably like 180, all 180 of you. And so just just seeing people flying around and then offensively making plays, especially from the tight end position, um, seeing the younger guys making plays, and then uh, just everyone as a whole, you know, it just makes you, like, it just makes you appreciate and, you know, just love, like, what we have going on here from – uh, the people who are going to be taking snaps or the people who maybe not be taking snaps uh, or they just might be on a special teams, you know, type of uh, role for the team. But just seeing people flying around making plays and, you know, just competing, that, that's something that I just love is that I, I love to see people working and working and working and no matter what the circumstances that they got going on, you know, just seeing people come out there and just play their heart out for for the love of the game and then for one another too is like, you know, that's something I appreciate. So looking at the scrimmage, um, again, yeah, there's, there's plays made on both sides. Um, but yeah, I was, I was super proud, especially of, you know, the younger guys on both sides that we, that, uh, that got in, because again, it's like, they're, they're new to, uh, the schemes, they're new to college, but at the end of the day, it's like, can you make a play? Are you going to make a play? Can you do your job? And for the most part, we did do that on both sides of the ball. And uh, how is that? 
how was the the new turf treating you all? Listen, it's a lot better because I'm not gonna lie. The, so it was like the first day we got on there, it had like a weird like feel to it. Maybe because like it was still like like the new like it's sort of like some new like newness to it. But now that we've been on there, we've been running running around and like just uh, practicing on it, running on it, doing everything on it. It's again, like I said earlier, it's just make sure you appreciate, you know, what we have, because uh, I couldn't tell you the last time the old turf was replaced. Um, we had like I think it was on the 30 yard line, kind of close to the scoreboard. It's either 20 or 30, but like the number was coming up. Uh, there was a few like patches you can see where they it got messed up and they had to go put like new turf so it looked a little different. Um, then looking at the new turf versus the old turf, the old turf was very faded and that the blues just wasn't it just wasn't it at all. And so again, I just I just love uh, and appreciate the fact that we were able to get you know this new turf for this before the season uh, got going and that we were actually able to be on it for some of the summer and uh, for the fall too. So again, just appreciate you know, that, that we were able to get that. Uh, and then um, you, Raekwon, and Coach Doro, you went to the the, 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 the uh, media day. What was that experience like for you? So it was, that was my second time going. And so I kind of, uh, I didn't really have, I didn't really have like a nervousness as far as like, you know, getting up there and answering questions. Um, when we walked in, they had like a little cornhole competition between the teams or whatever and we went first and so we didn't do too good and so again i'm kind of a crazy competitor i didn't i didn't like that at all so then like that we didn't do too, do too good in that and then later on in media day we end up me and uh wicks end up going against uh, missouri southern and i i'd stand next to my guy i'm like i'm like be honest are y'all good and he's like i'm all right but the guy down there he's not good at all once you know the guy who wasn't good at all went eight for eight in the hole to start the <laughs> and at one point me and Wix was down like 18 to two 18 to three and I mean we made a comeback we made a little bit of a comeback but we still ended up losing and we're just like, like you know like what can you do about that that's that's divine intervention how you go to start the game off eight for eight so uh they, they had like a nice little setup going on with that and then um when we got in there uh you know we kind of expected it you know most of the questions were uh for Coach Dora but you know, it was, it was just a cool experience being in there. Um, I, I thought it was funny when uh, Wix was, I thought he was about to let something out. I thought he was about to, I thought he was about to curse. He was like, excuse my language. And I was like, oh, <laughs> hey, let it out. <laughs> do what you got to do, say what you got to say. <laughs> he, uh, he ended up like changing his mind. And uh, we, it was just a funny moment. And then he was talking about, I didn't want to say like the wrong thing or whatever. So I was just kind of like, He's like, kind of got stuck a little bit. And I was like, no, it's fine. It, like, that's different because people understood where you were going with it. But, um, but yeah, no, it was it was just a fun, cool experience to go up there. Um, you know, getting to see all those questions and just being like in that uh, that setting. You know, it was a it was a cool experience. Uh, I know, it was, I know, Wix appreciated a lot, but you know, it's just a cool experience for uh, for me and him and Coach Doral too. Uh, now, I know you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the quarterbacks. Yeah, you felt the whole team was kind of being overlooked. I think the preseason polls re reflect that. I think it came mm -hmm. out you all were like between seven and nine, I think. Now, you no. know, I, I they, they nine, okay. Out of 12, yep. Now, knowing that, now, I, we, we I, I think pe people around the program know obviously we're way better than nine, but knowing that that's how the rest of the conference sees you, what what does that do for you all in, in terms of like extra motivation on top of just wanting to prove that the past two seasons aren't the, aren't the, aren't the standard here? So uh, <laughs> it's one of those things that like it hasn't been talked about too, too much around the locker room, but we definitely understand that that's what is perceived of us. And that's what people think of us. And again, you can look at it as like, you know, you can only go based off of, you know, what we did and what our record was last year and like what we put on film. So it's like, you can definitely understand that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, just knowing that that's not what you believe you are. And just honestly taking it as an insult, because I mean, I'm being truthful. That's how we feel it. That's how we think it is, you know, regardless of what's happened, you know, being 
rated uh, low, in my opinion. You know, no one's ever going to be happy with that. But at the same time, I think people's mindsets are just like, like let people that was keep doubting us, like watch what's ha- watch what happens. Like, you, you, like we didn't forget that. Like you guys have that mindset, but it's okay. Watch what happens. And so for me, me personally, like uh, it just doesn't sit well with me at all that that's how people view us. And so, you know, the only thing we can do is just, you can't really talk about it. Uh, you can't even change the minds. You just have to go out there and play and you got to take that respect. You got to take, you know, you got to take what they think of you and you got to turn into a positive for us. And so that's, that's just my mindset on that is, you know, let them doubt us. Okay. Like, like watch what happens. And like, I'm telling you, don't be shocked when good things happen. Like it's, it's one of those, it's just a weird feeling of like, you know, you know that you like put in work, you know, that we have some good things going for us. And from outside perspectives, they they think otherwise. So it's just kind of like, all right, like that's cool. That's you. All right, then keep that, keep that same mindset. Uh, now, after talking to Coach, Coach Doral now, I've been told that the yellow pants and the blue helmets are going to make a comeback. Now, I was told Peyton Scott was pretty vocal about getting the yellow pants back. So now for you, because I was not aware that you all didn't wear the yellow pants since the Fort Hayes game in 2019 now. So for you, knowing now that the yellow pants and the blue helmets are are, are back in play now, are you how we how we feeling now about the possible uniform combinations now given all the, the full repertoire is back on the table? Yeah, as far as uniforms, for me it's like it when it was going on last year, it was one thing's like I didn't it didn't make sense to me because like if we have if we have these, like why not use them? And especially that now we got white helmets, we can do more combinations than what we would have before. And so for me, it's just like we still have like the old combination, but we could still could have done something new, like with the what with the white helmet and stuff. And so, you know, you can definitely expect to see uh, some of those old classic com- uh, combinations come back: the all blue, the the blue helmets, blue jerseys, yellow pants. Um, we're gonna bring back the all white again this year. The uh, yeah, you can just you can expect to see us using uh, all the uh, color combinations we. We can't. That that looks good because that was. Um, we actually uh, went over. We actually planned out the uh, the uniforms for the whole year. The leadership council, and so uh, I think what was one? one. The one combination we're not using is the blue helmets, white jerseys, yellow pants. Uh, we're not doing that. And then uh, what's there's one more other combination. There's a, there's one more other combination that I know for a fact we're not gonna do because we we just don't think it uh it looked that good. But uh almost anything in between you can expect that we're gonna uh we're gonna wear that this year. Now what I was also told from Peyton Scott, now I was told that the white pants last year were more brownish than they were white. Now I, I don't know if it was the distance because I couldn't tell. So when he told me this <laughs> I was surprised because between either watching the games or on on the network and then even watching it live, I mean, I didn't see the pants were brown. So, were the pants brown? It depends on who is wearing them. Because if you're a person like me and you sweat a lot, yeah, they they have some brown to it. They have they definitely have some brown to it. But if you're someone who you're not too much of a sweater, there's probably more so white. But but yeah, it was just one of those things like. When you're up close and like you're always like when you're playing, like you're not caring like how you look, but at the same time, it's like when you get in, you look like, oh, these aren't just white. These these got some brown, got some they got a little bit of streaks up in them. Oh, this is great. I'm about to I'm about to have to wear this. But but yeah, some of them did have a little bit of brown up in it. Others, uh, they're mainly more white. Again, it's just kind of more if you uh if you're a sweaty person or not, which for me, I'm I, I honestly, I go on the limit. I'd say I'm probably the sweatiest person on the team by far. Like over over O lineman, over D lineman, I'm probably the sweatiest person on the team by far. And so my parents, they have some brown up in it. <laughs> now I think I was told that you all are getting new white white pants. I, somebody I'm pretty sure told me that. So uh, okay, good, good. Now I have to ask. Now will the white helmet? Blue jersey and blue pants make a return because I feel like there's gonna be some fans out there 
that like that's that's like half of what we wore for the home games last year. And there was a lot of people out there like, why didn't we just throw on a blue helmet to go with the all blue? So will that combo is that combo lined up to be back in the in the rotation? Um I'm being honest, I do not remember because I'm I'm gonna just go and say yes, it is, but it would only be something that we wear one time. It's not something that's gonna be our what we mainly wear at home. Um to be honest, I didn't really like that combination. And this is just me personally, but it's like I only like the if your helmet's one color, but then the whole rest of everything's a different color. I've never really liked that too much. Or if you're just wearing like the all one solid color, because uh, for me in high school, like my colors were red, black, and white. And we had, uh, we never had like one solid anything except for all black. So I don't know. I, I guess I've just never been one that's like for like one solid color. But I understand that, you know, for UCO, you know, that's something that, you know, people do like. So. Uh, but yeah, you can you can expect that. Um, as far as the white helmets and uh, blue jerseys, blue pants, I'm gonna say no. But if we do wear it, it's only gonna be one game. Okay. I think. Yeah, okay. I think yeah. that I, I, that we uh, that we're wearing like more than once would be all white, maybe. I, I believe that's the only uniform combination that we're wearing more than once would be all white. But than that, like, I think we're wearing everything once. Okay. Because I, I didn't realize how much I missed the blue helmet last year. You're just like, you yeah, we want to show off the white helmet. And I'm like, but, I mean, there's got to be a time. We've got to bring out the blues now. Like, I get it. It's the shiny new toy. Let's show it off. But, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, we have it. Why not use it? Exactly. See, and that that was Coach Doral's exact words when I asked about this was, if we have it, why not use it? So I'm I'm very good because when I talked to Noah Dobson, he didn't even know that we had yellow bands. So I, I, I'm like, wow, that's he, he didn't know. He said he never saw any like UCO pictures with yellow pants. <laughs> I don't know how. Like, I, I I don't know how. But I mean, I guess it's because from I mean, dang, that this one thing like you're kind of like once you're in it, it's like. You don't realize like how long people have really been here until you've asked them. So like, yeah, I feel like Noah's one of those guys that's been here probably about like year three or year four. It's like, no, this is only his second year. He only did one year. So last year was his first year. So it's like, I mean, obviously we didn't do nothing COVID and then 2019 was the last time he wore it. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure when he was, what, a junior in high school, sophomore, junior high school, he wasn't really paying attention to the color combinations UCO was wearing. But, but yeah, it just, that just didn't make, that just doesn't sound, <laughs> we'll wear the yellow here. Good, good, okay, good. I just, I just, cause that, that, that sad me right there that he didn't know we had the yellow. Like that was a staple. <laughs> the was, was a staple. That favorite was the blue helmets, blue jerseys, and yellow pants because you know UCO's colors are blue and yellow. And as far as like the other sports, like they can have more white and it look good. But for us, it's like you know I feel like there's almost too much white like within the jerseys and all that stuff. So for me, it's like when we do go. A more blue yellow like combination like I, I absolutely love that. Uh, now since we talked last, now I discovered that the ox cord in the locker room is a brutal place to be. In. Now yes. I gotta yes because I've asked everybody this now and I haven't asked you, so I, I have an obligation. Who is the worst on the ox cord? Mm. That is tough. I'll say this. For the most part, whoever gets on the ox, they're actually all right. It's just, I'll I'll put this. Anybody on the team who gets on the ox cord and all they want to play is young boy, young boy, young boy, young boy. I'm sorry, but you're the worst. Like, you're the worst on the ox because... Like I get, I get it. Like we, we can turn up to it. Like we can, we can listen to it. But if that's all you want to play, like come on, man, you gotta have some diversity about yourself. Like, we, like we got weights. Like we come up here for, uh, for football, and you listen to a young boy at seven, seven thirty in the morning. Like come on now, and that's into an everyday thing for you. I'm sorry, <laughs> there, there was something else. I'm like you up a little bit, but I say, I say one of the most unexpected. Uh, 
sleepers on the Ox has been uh, Robert Givens. I say Robert Givens is a sleeper on the Ox because, again, he's young. This is only his second year. But, you know, I've noticed, like, when he gets on the Ox, he'll play some throwbacks. He'll play, like, he'll play songs. I'm like, do you guys, this song, like, came out the same year you were born? I'm like, do it. Like, how do you know about this? Like, you, you too young to be knowing about this. Like, like, he plays a good mix of uh, of uh, older stuff. He'll throw on some R&B. He'll kind of some slower stuff. Like, he uh, will kind of some rap. Like, he has a good mix of things. Uh, but, yeah, I'll say he's probably, like, the biggest sleeper, in my opinion, on the Ox. Okay. Now, the, the majority of your teammates now, they, they have come to the consensus that Jace Gardner is the worst. Now, when I, I, now what, I, what I've been told, I think it was Bryce did, that it's not so much like the, the his songs. It's just like the timing of which he plays the songs. Like he told me there was like a workout and he put on Drake. And, and I just got to ask now, would, would that be accurate in terms of Jace though? I have to agree with it. But the thing is like, it depends on what type of Drake you put on. Like if you put on, listen, I like you Drake, but if you put on what he just, what he just dropped, uh, probably get too much too much love on the Ox, but if you if you play like some of the the good classic Drake that people know and love, you probably be all right. But again, like if it, if you just got done with the workout and depend on the time it is, and you cut on because I mean Drake, he has he has many different you know he has many different phases. If you cut on some of the uh, softer, more emotional singing Drake, and you know we just got done the workout or we're trying to go to practice. Uh, probably not gonna get so much love, but uh, it just depends on what type of Drake you play. And I say about that. I say that. Okay, now because I was under the impression it, it was the more singing Drake, and I felt like you don't, you know, like like Bryson said, we're in a room full of testosterone. It's early in the morning. Like putting yeah. on that kind of Drake is not helping the cause. I yeah. don't. <laughs> And uh, very occasionally, uh, when you get some of the teammates that want to throw on uh, some country, listen, I'm all about the diversity, and I, I like it. But, again, there's just a limit. You have a limited window if you're trying to play some of that country because, again, to go lift, if we're about to go practice, we got a game coming up. That country music is not getting no type of play on the Ox. I'm sorry. We, nope. Hey, I'm sorry. Nope. But I will say, if it's one of those things where we just got done with the practice and we're kind of done for the day and we're kind of more of in like a relaxing, like people like chilling out type of mood, again, you got a small window. You got maybe about two or three songs deep of country, so you better make it count. But but yeah, like there, there's a good mix. I will say people haven't put on as much country this year than they have years before. But I'm telling you, if you're going to do it, you have to play some of the better country music because if not... That window's only gonna get smaller. <laughs> With that, I think it was Trey. I think it might have been Trayvon Craig though that told me that Hunter Larson is very bad about putting on some country music, especially in work in workouts. And I think Bryce didn't even said like <laughs> that, that that there was a workout and he was vibing, and all of a sudden some country came on. <laughs> Everybody like stopped and looked. So that I just yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's 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 happened a few times, and then the worst one was uh was Vaughn Appleman. He was in my class, but uh again more like years before, like there are definitely more times where the country window it was it was it was pretty wide open, and so again they're playing country songs. Again, I don't listen to country like that, but I'm just like they're they're, they're vibing with they jamming to it like Don, this is good, right? I'm like no. Um, like, do you know who this is? No. So, I, he's probably the worst one. And then he was he was out in the open with it too. Like, he would go put it on. He go get he go get his boots on. He's you know going around locker room singing off of his lungs, and it was terrible too. But he had no shame about it. But now, uh, it's, it's not like that no more. So I'd say that's uh, say it's probably a, a change for the better, in my opinion. Now, 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 who's the worst singer? Because I, I know there has to be some singing going on at some point now. So, who's the worst singer? I say that's tough because 
I don't think anyone ever really, like, is for real trying to sing, like, trying to hit some notes. You know what I mean? They just kind of, like, they just kind of, like, speak it and let, like, the actual song take over. So I said that was kind of harder, but I'm going to put my man on blast because that's my guy. He's my roommate. Out of the six years we've been in college together, he's been my roommate for four years out of it, so I've definitely heard some things. But Johnny Bazell IV is a terrible singer. He swears up and down. He hit them notes and what's worse is his siblings will a will like clap him on they'll sing with them like they like they the jackson five nope Mm-mm, not at all i tell him every time like y'all this that's not it i jb is the worst singer on the team and, and he got the confidence you know applaud him for that but listen man you don't got it's just not in you it's just something you're born with i think you either got or you don't and you just don't have it Oh my Johnny! Now, I will say I did not expect Johnny that because Johnny always strikes me as the quiet type. Oh, <laughs> he is, but hey, there's the moments when he's feeling bold, or uh, it's that right song that comes on for him. Oh yeah, he'll he'll let some he'll let something out. He'll let, <laughs> he'll let like a few things out, but it's more so whenever we're uh, away from football and out of locker because again, it's kind of like people don't like really try to sing. But oh yeah, there are definitely those times I've caught him. Oh, I caught him a few times. I'm just like, hey, man, mm-mm. Nah, he's stop it. Don't do that. Oh, we're going to let the man have his, have his, have, have, have his shine then. <laughs> you, just go to- you can have your shine, but that's only for the shower. That's the only time you can have yourself a concert and it be acceptable because ain't nobody listening to you. But if you got ears listening, mm, mm, just know, like, nah, like, you got your own, again, you got a window. That window's not very long. Save that for your show. Or if you're in the car by yourself, if you're in the car by yourself with the windows down, hey, sing all you want to. But if you got ears listening to you, nah. Maybe we ain't trying to now, 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 I will say, now, Noah Dobson came on, and I give him props for this. He admitted he put on some Justin Bieber on the Ox. Now, I don't know if you was in the locker room when he put that on. Uh-huh. But now, if, if if it was you, would you have put something so risky on there? Personally, no, because I, I'll admit my my music taste and what I listen to. Oh, it would probably scare some people. The just because you look at me and you think what I listen to, I promise you, it's probably there's there's just a, a mix of everything in there. So. I actually have a playlist. It's called My Guilty Pleasure. I'm not letting nobody look at that because you might look at me differently if you see the songs I had on there. So when it comes to me, and if I come to Bucks, hey, I'm playing it safe because I, I don't need that embarrassment. Like, I don't I don't need the the, the judgment on, on me like that. Like, no, if I'm on the Ox, hey, we're going to play it safe. We're going to play some people like. Hey, that, 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 like, again, that stuff that, you know, that uh, is for you and you only keep it that way. A the shower or when you jogging by yourself, that's the only time you should really hear those. Well, I mean, the the playlist can't be that bad, though, can it? I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll say one artist I got on there, and you would you would not have guessed it. I got I got uh, some Taylor Swift on there. Okay, I, I mean that, that's no. a that's a that's a well known mainstream artist, though. Now, I mean, nope, you know, no, I nope. Mm-mm. I'm telling you, you would not have thought I'm listening to Taylor Swift like that. Nope. Now, personally, the songs I do like, I like them, but don't want people to know that I like them like that. Not really. Uh, that's, again, I'm keeping that to myself. But again, that, that's all you're going to get on me. That's just one artist I got on there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, then. We'll just leave that alone, okay? Yeah. Uh, now... I, I don't know if you've seen if the preseason started. Now I don't know if you've seen your Packers. Now I watched the preseason opener when they played the 49ers. I have to say, Jordan Love looked really bad in that game. <laughs> now, are you still confident in the fact that Jordan Love <laughs> could be the successor to Aaron Rodgers? It's tough. But again, we still got Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to roll with what we got right now. And when we cross that bridge, we will cross it. That, that I got to say about that. 
uh, if, if we do have to cross it sometime soon, again, I'm very faithful in the Packers and everything we got going on. That, that's what I'm gonna say about that. I, I'm so faithful. I know it didn't look the best, but uh, I, you just gotta have faith. Now, 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 I will say, I, I was really impressed by uh, uh, Romeo Doves, the receiver you guys got out of uh, Nevada. Mm-hmm. He's look, he's looked good. Defense has looked good. Okay, but the, the, the first seven looked good. Now, the secondary, I don't know if that was the back of corners in there. There was, there was one corner that, that was getting killed in that game. But, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I feel like people were hoping to see more out of Jordan Love, and then he turns that in, and it's like, it's not – Still in confidence because I think he's getting close to that fifth year option, and then it's going to be like, "Shit, we should have picked the receiver." So, okay, I, I just didn't know if you if you saw that. Um, let's see. Well, okay, I guess my final question for you then would, would be, uh, what do you kind of hope to to um, ho- hope to, to to improve on uh, during the rest of fall camp, heading into week one against uh, Missouri Western? Truthfully, everything. Um, I feel like there's always room for improvement with whatever it is you're doing. Um, I feel as though, like, my blocking, um, just taking the right steps to get to people um, can improve. Um, if I'm pulling or, like, blocking on linebackers, because, you know, I typically am taller than most linebackers. And so with them being shorter than me, then they're getting low is already way lower than me. So just, you know, working on, like, my pad level as far as, like, that. Um, again, routes, you know, that's that's always got to be a must. And so when it comes to running routes and just understanding where you fit out in the scheme, uh, that just being able to read the coaches that the defense is running, I feel like that's got to be constant. You got to be on point with that from uh, not even just a fall camp basis, but from a week-to-week basis from who you're fitting to play. I feel like that's going to be there. And then, you know, uh, again, you can't. You always got to be working your hands, and I feel like that's something that, uh, you know, typically of me hasn't been uh, an issue. But again, for me, it's like that's something I need to work on, especially because of uh, the fall camp. I'd say that's uh, not been a very bright spot for me from like years past. And again, it's not like I'm just uh, like they're just terrible, but it's like for me and the way I, I view things is I should have zero drops every practice and if I have one drop of practice no matter if it's contested like if, if it hits my hands I, I have to catch it no matter what and so if I have just even one drop it's automatically uh, an F like it's like it don't matter how how good I did the rest of everything if I drop a pass that hits my hands it's automatically an F for the day and that sits on me for Honestly, longer than it probably should, but I think for me, it's also kind of more of a motivation. Like, you need to be on point. Like, you need to get right with yourself. And I'd say that's probably the one thing I need to, like, continue to improve on because it hasn't been up to my standards, in my opinion. Uh, Well, Dante, uh, I appreciate you taking time on your day off to come on and talk to us here. Give us an update. Uh, I wish you the best of luck to rest of fall camp uh, heading into that week one game. We're looking forward to seeing what you all uh, put on the field because I, I just feel like you know, everybody's selling you short. Now, you know, some of that might have been rightfully earned. I feel like there was some bad breaks past few seasons. But, like, I, I, I the, the mindset is there. I'm talking to everybody, especially the older guys. Like, there seems to be a personal – this is this is personal. Like, this, this is where we, we got to – Stop the slide, get back to, to, to when we got and when we were winning. So I'm I'm really looking looking forward to, to seeing what you all do. And I, I really do believe that you all will surprise a lot of people. A lot of people are writing you off. First year coach, a lot of new new faces. And I, I, I think I think they're gonna I think you all are gonna do better than what people think. So uh yeah, you know, as always, any anytime you wanna come back on, you're more than welcome to and uh like I said, I, I just, I can't wait to see what you all do this season. Yes, sir. Thank you again for having me on. So again, I want to thank Dante for, for taking time out to come on and talk to me. Uh, I will say, I was surprised that he didn't name Jace as the worst on the Ox. Now, it's just, 
Like I said, it's like I said, at some point I will re- reach back out to Jace because I got, I feel like I have to give him the opportunity to defend himself. A lot of people said the man's the worst. Now, you know, I want to give him a chance to come on, maybe explain some of that. But uh, I, I was very pleased by what we heard there, especially about the uh, cohesiveness so far, about the mindset of the of the guys, and and, and that you know everybody is kind of on the same page. And, and like I said, like I mentioned to Dante at the very end. It, it seems like it's it's personal for those those older guys to turn this around, and I think that's that's fantastic because. Um, you know, not not every program has that. So I, I think that alone will go a long way. I, I'm sure, you know, obviously there's there's plenty of younger guys that, that are hungry for chances to show what they can do. And like I said, you know, there's guys, when we, when we talked to Trayvon, if you recall, remember, as good of a season as I thought he had, maybe he, he, he felt that he didn't, he didn't have the season that he wanted to have. And so I think if you team that leadership with guys that are hungry, guys that felt like they didn't have the best of seasons, to to be able to come in this season with this mindset that, okay, no, nah, like I got something to prove. Having that across the board, um, I, I think it can only be great things. Then you add to it, they were pegged ninth in the MIAA preseason polls, uh, which I felt was 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 low even for me if I had to peg them. I would have probably have said seventh, but but the fact that they're not, I think they were only ahead of Lincoln, Missouri Southern, and Northeastern State. Now you know I just that 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 is not a place where UCO has has been in quite some time. I mean, you go back to maybe the early uh, parts of the Nick Bobek era, yes, but like the past five six years, that that's not a territory where they've. Where, where they've been, and, and, and like I said, you, you could just see the emotion on Dante's face that it, it, it bothered him, and like I said, that that's very good uh, because they're gonna be coming out there hard with something to prove, like I said, I just, I cannot wait to see them play. I feel like, I don't think teams, I don't wanna say they're gonna take them lightly because of Coach, Coach Doral, but you know, I don't think they're going to expect to, to see what they see on Saturday. So I'm just, I'm really, really excited for that. And I think the season opener again, September 1st, uh, this is a Thursday, it is on the road. So I'm watching that on the MIAA network. Before I get out of here, I will say, like I said on the live stream, because now I'm working at nine to five, I will not personally be at the Northeastern State game and the uh, employee game, because they're on Thursdays. And I have to work the next day. And obviously, Edmonds are quite a bit of a drive more. So you figure game ends. Yeah, post. Then by the time I drop home, I got to shower, might eat. And so, you know, I got to be up at like 6.45. So it's just best for me to watch that on the MIAA network. So unfortunately for me, in a year where there's six home games, which, uh, you know, I live for, I'm going to be able to make four of those. So... Uh, we're just going to have to make do with that. You know, it's just unfortunate. Um, but like I was saying over there, depending on how we do press conferences, because, you know, uh, uh, obviously in the in the past, uh, we it, has, it hasn't affected this, it hasn't affected the actual podcast part. Uh, but if we're able to get video, then I will also post that over there on the YouTube channel. So, if you wish, since we're not posting on the website, on the small report site itself anymore, we're just doing it on Spotify. Uh, that way you can see the full press conference. Uh, even though the vast majority of it I use anyways because it's, it's sound bites. So, um, but in case there's like additional media there now, possibly, uh, we just, we'll just show that over there to you in case you wanted to see the, the, the full the full thing. So, um, like I said, just be on the on the lookout. I don't know how many more episodes might be dropping from now until the season preview, which will be the Sunday Sunday Monday game week. So just be on the lookout for that in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm hoping the roster is finalized because I, I wrote the roster and then saw they added some more guys to it. So. 
Uh, but but regardless, just be on the lookout for that. I always enjoy that. Although this one might be more interesting because there's a lot there's a lot of unknowns. So uh, until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, aka JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.